0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Book Club. First rule of Book Club is, you must always talk about Book Club. Second rule of Book Club is, tell everyone about Book Club.
1: Hello, welcome to Book Club. Hello, Jonathan. How's it going, Mike? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Back from holiday. Back from Carmel.
0: Yeah, so my head's very fuzzy. I I Have actually you got them. a fuzzy head? Oh, tremendously. All I've done is eaten fish and chips and I drunk cream. a lot.
1: No, not really. Have you noticed? You're sort of hanging around with the kids all I day. Are kids, aren't yeah, you?
0: yeah, yeah. Not a drinky holiday at all. But you
1: find the dietary element of it has not been good. Just
0: healthy. the whole chilling out thing. Yes, it's
1: hard to get it back together for a day. Although, or two.
0: Michael Hyatt would say that's an
1: important thing to do. I'm just taking a slurp out of my book club mug, Michael, but um, outside of my slurp out of my book club mug, yes, I concur. So the first thing I think we need to talk about on book club today is we have book club merch. We do. We've got our book club t-shirts on. And our book club mugs and book club hoodies. If you want book club merch, you have to, A, tell everyone about book club, but B, you more specifically have to contribute. So we shoot and record book club on Monday afternoons. If you want a book club t-shirt, you have to be a caller.
0: What do you have to do to get a book club hoodie? Ah, uh,
1: that, that's special stuff, that. What about what about a mug? Mug or t-shirt, you have to be a caller, so you have to know what book we're reading, ring in, and join us for a call. Even if it's just for a quarter of an hour whilst you're in your car, that's all you need to do. We can do it. We can fix it up. We've got the tools. We've got the toys. Also, by the way, FYI, before we begin on book club today. Yes. Um, we do this content actually to promote inward revenue consulting, really, don't we? Of course. Yeah. So if you are looking for a job, do me a favour and ring us. Oh, and if you are hiring, do me a favour and ring us. At that, let's begin. But it
0: doesn't mean though if you like the if you like the uh, podcast or the or, or the uh,
1: <laughs> that doesn't mean you're looking for a job, does it? Yeah. And also, you can you, like it. You are allowed to like the content. And Unless if you,
0: you're scared of your boss, and if you're scared of your boss, well then don't oh, like it and call scared. me. Scared. <laughs> scared. Exactly. So if
1: if if you are enjoying the content. Make sure you like it. Make sure you share it. And if you are actually looking for a job, call us. And if you are actually hiring, the idea is that you connect our credibility with your need. Correct. Absolutely. All right. So let's begin. We are on, I'm going to say, Mike, I think today, the book we're covering for the next four weeks, in many respects, I'm going to say something big at the start of this show. Yeah. I think this is the most important book we've covered so far on Book Club.
0: It's a good one. Preferred Drucker's book actually.
1: Yes. But But this pound is a good book. Pound in its own way. Yeah, we've read all these sales books. So we're covering today Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt. Um I don't know if he's gonna come on the show or not. If I'm honest, I don't care. Um I mean he can if he wants. If he wants to show up, that'd be great. But I think the importance of this in comparison to you know, we've read lots of sales books, and we've had this guy on the show and that guy on the show, and everybody's touting their own sales training course and all that stuff. This is about actually being effective and productive. And for me, actually, a lot of people, when you talk to them, you realise not particularly effective, productive. No, no, guy. it's
0: one of the key competences of being a good salesperson. I think. I think it's massive. Absolutely, yeah.
1: So, without any further ado, Mike, begin.
0: You will be to talk to you. So so the book is broken down into three sections. And actually, those three sections are reflective of his strategy to buy you time. One is stop, one is cut, one is act. And today, step one, stop. That's what we're going to talk about. Yeah,
1: so we're going to do step one. Obviously, we're going to go through the introduction, some of the other bits, and we're going to talk about stage one. But
0: but the underlying principle of it is there's loads more distractions. You've only got the same amount of time. How are you going to stop getting distracted and make the most of your time?
1: Pretty much. So what he's talking about, he, he, the opening chapter and gambit of the book, um, interestingly gives an example of where he thought he was having a heart attack, but actually had acid reflux. I have, I have personally. Suffered.
0: I laughed when I read Did that. Did you? Yes.
1: <laughs> I personally suffered very badly from stress-related acid reflux at different periods of my life, um, and he talks about how stress was something he needed to get hold of and address. And then what he talks about is life in what he calls the distraction economy. And I, I just couldn't agree more that He's we absolutely live right. in this distraction economy at the moment. And it, he says, you know, information consumes the attention of its recipients. Uh, well, he actually is quoting somebody else guy called Herbert Simon. Um, he, he explained, and a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention. And I do think we are in the midst of an epidemic of organisational ADD, attentional deficiency disorder. And a lot of people are very manic. And we were talking this morning in the sales meeting about collaboration technology and the importance of finding a solution that works for all of us as a team um, and how actually we're we're nervous about creating less attention with that. And I think he he couldn't be, this is a very on-the-money, very timely Conversation piece, uh, I think, in the modern workplace, and that focus has become one of the most valuable commodities.
0: There's just loads of bits I picked out about this, you know. And one of the things I wrote here, in chapter 14, it talks about. Whatever it talks about, instant messages, blah blah blah. If you use LinkedIn like I do, LinkedIn has three inboxes.
1: Yeah, we, you and I have three separate LinkedIn inboxes, and then
0: you've got Outlook. So I've got four inboxes. But then actually, I, my Outlook is split into junk because loads of stuff goes into junk and inbox, I've got five outboxes. Oh, and then
1: there's the other venture that we've been working on recently that's so got its own separate but inbox.
0: But my point is, I have to look at five inboxes when I get to work.
1: Yeah. That's
0: mad when you think about plus it. Plus your texts. Oh, plus my text, plus, plus he, my phone, plus looking at Salesforce, plus looking at Asana, plus yeah. everything else. It's just crazy. Yeah. And then the next stat he comes out with is, um, it, and this was done by Adobe, it was a uh, a survey done by Adobe, and, a, and it goes highlighted this. On and on, it goes, to preserve time for the rest of the day's work, 80% check their email before going into the office and 30% of it do check before they get out of bed in the
1: morning. Which is unbelievable. Before they get out of bed.
0: I, I do. Do you? Switch my alarm off, check my email.
1: Never. What? Before you, whilst you're still sat in your bed? Yep. That's mental. Wow. Because
0: then I think to myself, if I get up and I need to send some emails at half past six, I will send emails at half past six.
1: So it's an interesting quote, this, isn't it? Because I highlighted exactly the same thing. Uh, it said, US workers spend more than six hours a day checking email to preserve time for the rest of the day's work. 80% check email before going to the office. 30% do it before they even get out of bed. Then another study said that almost 40% of us check email after 11 at night. Three quarters of us do it on the weekends. You see, I
0: don't do that. 7.30, don't look at me, email.
1: Well, we'll talk about you being a machine later on.
0: 7.30, don't look at it. Um,
1: and it, 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 I wrote here we think it's a problem you and i think it's a problem but is the millennial pre-hardwired for a slack and interruption model of the world
0: i hadn't thought about that very possibly
1: are they more able to cope is it us that are suffering from the information overload but actually do we have another generation coming through that aren't
0: very possibly i mean your daughter's what 16 17 yeah. What, what's her information source? Text Just, message. Phone, the phone. The social, phone. Social. What? Five the phone. different social media st- streams. Just. That I thought
1: endless, and the speed of a thumbs. Well, but that's the what she obviously copes with it, doesn't she? Yeah, I mean they're all loopy these kids, but the the it's the world, the universe they inhabit.
0: Absolutely. So,
1: so yeah, and he, and then in what he talks about, and he he talks later on about this in the book. He talks about the cost comes down to trade offs. Yes. Every day we're constantly making value judgments, deciding what's truly worth our focus. Um, and then he talks a little bit about how productivity can, it's starting to become counteractive and then there's the importance of a new approach. And what I've really liked about this book is it's an amalgamation of a few different books I've read on productivity over the last couple of years. And actually at the very end of the book, he gives extremely big acknowledgement to uh, David Allen, who wrote Getting Things Done. He gives a uh, very big acknowledgement to Cal Newport, who wrote a book called, I think it was actually called Focus. Um, it, it, he, 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 he acknowledges Stephen Covey very heavily. And Covey's what he, my favourite book, And actually. what he's done in reality in this book is he's brought together a lot of that thinking into his own process. And he's brought it, for me, it's made a lot of those books make sense. So I'm quite – I think you can tell I'm juiced about this.
0: I, I mean, I like it. i tell you how much I do like it is, as you go through the book, he's got different um, uh, templates to download to fill in. What I do with these books is I read them and think, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I read them and think, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I read them and think, yeah, I'm not going yeah, to do that. I'm going to do it with this. I've actually downloaded the templates. I've, downlo- I've downloaded it, I'm
1: going to fill them in. Yeah, I, I've actually downloaded and that, that I, the you stuff. Know, and, and that's used a, it. a big compliment. And there's an exercise later on where he talks about um, – it's categorizing different kinds of tasks. Yeah, yeah. I've actually yeah. been through all my Asana tasks today and tagged them as per those different criteria. That okay. was a fascinating little exercise, which we'll, we'll get to. So, what he basically said is, you've got this new approach, which is stop, cut, and act. Yes. Basically, so stop is just explain that, please, Mike. I mean, you basically just stop and think about what you're doing. Yeah, and then you know, fundamentally, that's it, isn't it? And then, he, and then in cut there are three separate things you've got to do. Eliminate, automate, and delegate. Yep. Um, which is going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of debate, I think, We're not going to that.
0: talk about cut today, though. We're going to talk about no, stop today.
1: We're on stop today. And then the third chapter, the third key focus point will be act, which is actually doing the stuff and, and executing. And he starts off, I've got to say, I'm an immediate recommendation on this book. Um, did you do the free to focus.com forward slash assessment?
0: I didn't. That's what I mean. I skimmed past it and thought, yeah, I'll, I'll, I've done I'll, it. I'll, 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 but the more I've read the book, the more I thought, right, I'm actually going to do that. So I, I have now put time aside to do it, I thought, because I make my decision as to whether to do something based on having read the rest of the chapter, actually.
1: Yeah, so let's start with the first section, which is called Stop.
0: Okay, and the, it's broken subsection. The first subsection is Formulate. Yes, so what's that all about? Well, man? I like this, actually. I mean, it, this is, isn't going to be a perfect definition of it, but but what he's talking about is, is defining your success and where you're going. And he sort of says you just get ended, you end up in the momentum of the hamster's wheel without necessarily going the place that you wanted to go. And actually, he's 100% right. And he's talking about um, spending a moment to actually look at what your goals are and what you want to get out of something. Well, it's
1: more specific than that, it's what your goal, your productivity goals are. Yes. So it's not about my goal is to make four million quid by the end of next year it's what are your goals in terms of productivity? What, what actually do you want out of your own personal productivity? Because actually what he's saying is if you're quite happy to work eight hours a week and that's your goal, fuck
0: What your, do you think about this bit? It knock yourself out. It in, he said, our technological marvels haven't made things better. In fact, they've made things worse. And what he's referring to there is principally that we've got, you know, you, I, think, I, I could pick up any computer anywhere, anybody's log into Outlook.
1: Has technology made us more productive? I don't necessarily think it has.
0: The man doesn't think it has. But what the the man's going to say is we don't use technology correctly to make us more efficient.
1: An economist would say it hasn't. Because actually the the point we are in a low productivity period, aren't
0: we? It's made some... Uh, countries more productive than others. Yes, The Germans produce in four days, but we produce in five. So clearly technology
1: has made them more productive than it has us. But actually, we are at high employment, but the productivity numbers aren't amazing still. GDP hasn't gone up by the same rate as employment's gone down. So what it says is, you've got a lot of people running around like arseholes, making messages on Slack all day, working 60 hours a week and not achieving much. Yeah, exactly. is actually the fact. so And hence why I think, and I do agree, I think the technology is killing us. You know, when I first started my career, Mike, I had a Franklin Covey planner.
0: It's very, I mean, it's but difficult. But there's a
1: dilemma here, which is, I couldn't live with a Covey planner now because of the accelerated nature of the world we live in.
0: Yeah, yeah there's, no, there's no easy answer to it, is there? No. I, I know what I'm going to say about at the end of this book before I've got to it is, Saying that I say with the sales books, actually, which is get a system.
1: Any system. One system. So long as it's a system. And stick to it.
0: Yeah. Whereas what this fella's saying, I know you and I fell out about Slack, really, is he's saying, we've got email and we've got Slack and we've got instant message and we've got blah, blah, blah. You've got too much information coming from too many different places.
1: I concur. And, and I think, it's driving everybody bonkers. Yeah,
0: it is. I've got a Slack channel Oh, and one I've got my
1: Gmail account.
0: I've got some clients who text me. I've got some clients who Skype me. I've got you know, it's just yep. nuts, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I do think you know he sat there saying, "Well, what are your objectives?" And he's saying, "Objective one is efficiency. Objective yes. two, he's saying, is success."
0: So this is what you're talking about. What are your pursuing actual- the vague notion of success in and of itself can lead us into trouble. The problem is not most of us have never stopped to define what success means.
1: No, what actually he's does actually it- right? He's been right, absolutely. Bang on, and then objective three is uh freedom.
0: Well, he, he mentions something actually in, in, in objective two, which is he goes on and on for a bit, and he goes, "We need big chunks of time where we aren't thinking about work at all." I I one hundred percent agree with that. Where's well, that in objective two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Understop. I I you know it's great and everything that people answer my call when they're on the golf course, but they should just not answer my call. What are you doing? What are you doing? You <laughs> just play golf, mate. Yeah. I you know I. <laughs> Do you don't even have to text you back. Play golf.
1: Do you know the one that bothers me? So I go on holiday every year and, you know, we go to some nice hotels and stuff. And, you know, I'm quite lucky, aren't I? Because I've got you and you've got me.
0: Very fortunate, Jonathan.
1: <laughs> and if I go on holiday, I hand my workload to you and vice versa. Well, I had to do it last week. Yeah. Um, I go on holiday and I sit there and I get up in the morning and I like to go to the lobby. And I like, in this particular hotel, I like to go to the lobby because they've got Wi-Fi in the lobby. And I want to look at yorkshireeveningpostcouk forward slash rugby league, bbc.co.uk forward slash rugby league. I need to know I need my new, I need my rugby league news. And you sit there and there's fellas on laptops with asset numbers on.
0: Absolutely, customers.
1: And the kids are sort of walking around and you see there and it's nine o'clock and they're sat there drinking a coffee, doing work, and they're on the phone looking ever so bloody important. But for me, that's it, your holiday's done. I agree, yeah. You've done. That's it. You may as well not be there because your mind is residually ticking over with I've work. got
0: one client, I'm not going to mention him, who was on holiday a few weeks ago. Not the other guy, if you're listening, who was on holiday today that you've done <laughs> today. Holiday a few weeks ago, I didn't actually know he was on holiday.
1: Because he was just working with you. Yeah,
0: he didn't tell me. He should have said, I'm on holiday. I'd go, all right, fair enough.
1: And I think part of it's like an importance disease,
0: yeah, I mean, a lot of it's ego, isn't it? It's
1: the ego of, oh, the world just will stop without me. Yeah, exactly, yeah. The world, the, the universe won't function unless I'm here to respond to some meaningless email.
0: Absolutely. So objective three is about freedom.
1: Which I think is a really key bit. Now, yes. we're very lucky because obviously we don't work for the man. Correct. And therefore, if you and I have a lot of freedom to choose. You know, like sometimes I like to just nip off to a coffee shop and work with my headphones on or you work from home or i work from home or whatever or we go to the gym at, I, I go t- to the gym t- at 11 o'clock and i go at 2 exactly um and and we have that freedom and he talks about different types of freedom freedom to focus and he talks about what he calls deep work which is the book about by cal newport which is a fascinating book about how real work gets done um and I think that's really key.
0: What did you think about this? The always-on accessibility of the smartphone and computer leaves an open door to a million different distractions. So you right. Absolutely. And then the next point you make you turn, to this is... You know,
1: let's get into it. Notifications are a disease. I completely agree. i switch all mine off. All of mine. All of mine. I do not do notifications.
0: I sit watching TV with my wife, so we're, you know, pompously only watch one hour of TV a day, obviously.
1: Because we're all the rest of the time sitting around reading books. um, Listening to classic FM.
0: Absolutely. So when I sit there watching TV with my wife, her phone is just ping, 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 ping. Instagram, Facebook, just stuff in her inbox. It's
1: horrendous.
0: Absolutely ridiculous.
1: And then he talks about the freedom to be present. Yes, absolutely. And you can't be present when your phone is pinging all the time and you cannot do deep work.
0: Well, deep, deep work could, in, could include focusing on the friend that you sat there having a pint with.
1: Yes. Deep work is interviewing somebody with no distraction.
0: Now, my wife won't listen to book clubs. She never does. In case she does, I say to her all the time, are you talking to me or looking at your phone?
1: Yes. That really pisses her off. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he said here, how many date nights have you spent? I hate the concept of date night, by the way. Have you, so if you, so that's uh, not for you So, so for, for any of our American <laughs> listeners, bad luck. Um, how many date nights have you spent thinking about, talking about, or worrying about work? How often do you check your work email or messages when you're? Freedom to be present, and I think that whole concept of presence it, it it goes right back to some of the sales books we've read about being present with the client.
0: It's interesting. I once had a candidate who didn't take notes at all. Yeah, I said, why didn't you take any notes? Because I really want to listen to what you're saying. Fair play. No, actually, he could remember a lot of
1: it because he listened to me. Because he listened so intently.
0: I said, what did you do about your notes? He said, when I've left. I leave, find somewhere quiet to sit, and I write a summary of my notes in my notebook. Said, of but what, I don't take any meeting. notes
1: whilst I'm sat opposite somebody. Because he feels it distracts from actually it's listening. It's a fair comment, isn't it, that? It's very nice. It's nice to feel that listened to. Well, as a Samaritan, you're encouraged to make notes, but only very little. Exactly, yeah. Um, freedom to be spontaneous. And then freedom to do nothing. Which he's bang on he is i like his
0: next about. point he talks about your vision right and he says and then it's part of it he says we think we can solve our problems by moving to a new app or device but we're simply dragging our core productivity problems along with us agreed and that's because he's saying you haven't actually identified what your vision is
1: yeah and also you, you you're sat there thinking "Oh, i'm busy i'm struggling i'm overloaded i'm overloaded i'm going to move to another app i'm going to change it i'll go from trello to asana i'll go from asana to Monday dot com." I'll go from Monday.com to whatever. They Advertise a lot to me Monday on, on oh YouTube. My God. Oh wow.
0: I don't know how they I don't know how they've got I have a look at it. It was it? shit. <laughs> <laughs> so chapter one then. Uh well yes, part one of Stop. I so I guess it's chapter one really formulate. And I think it, it, I thought that was an excellent chapter. Yeah, and
1: he makes this point. We should design our lives first and tailor our work to meet our lifestyle objectives. Which is easier said than done. But I get his point, and then like you say, he talks about vision, uh, and and he says the most productive people pursue tend to typically after freedom. So it, it's it's a very good opener, and he actually has a really cool tool here, which is your create your productivity vision, um, and and if I, I can actually just go straight to the tool here, I think. I've my,
0: downloaded them actually onto
1: my laptop. On so. my iPad, here you go. And the productivity vision thing, I'll just download the PDF now it's it comes up with uh like a little vision statement and then if you have to reduce this vision to three words what would they be creative balanced family ready why is it important to you why is it at stake good exercise to just think about not necessarily what's my vision in life because what's my productivity vision what do i want out of my personal productivity i think really good good exercise
0: absolutely so chapter two evaluate okay there's a part of this chapter. I mean, this chapter is about evaluating your time and whether you're using it well, basically.
1: And it's actually, again, really useful.
0: There's one There's one brilliant piece in it, which is I'm going to talk to you about. No. No, it's not. Lauren's just interrupting us. Sorry about that.
1: Oh, Lauren, if only you'd read the book. You'd Lauren, more if you'd productive. read the book,
0: you would know <laughs> that, that that now sits in my disinterest zone. <laughs> right so basically so to, to, for four, those who watched in black and white he's he's got a graph up the left-hand side it says passion. Up along the bottom it says proficiency and he's broken it down he says you need to be working top right yeah and he
1: breaks it into four zones uh, and he, zone four is the drudgery zone zone three is the disinterest zone zone two is the distraction zone and zone one is the desire zone which is a very different way of looking Where at
0: both passion and proficiency are at their highest in desire yes
1: so passion is at the, on the left proficiency is on the right um this has been a very interesting exercise for me because I haven't f- done it yet, but I thought it was really good. So, uh, what I tend to do on a Monday is, in David Allen' Getting Things Done style, is I I process incoming in. Tasks You'll be in the drudgery zone of a lot of the time, though. And I've looked, uh, and one of the things I did was, as I processed all my incoming tasks, I use Asana for task management, and you can tag tasks in Asana as to different types of tasks. And I actually went through what's in my disinterest, my drudgery, my distraction zone, and my desire zone. Yep. And what was interesting is how much of my workload is not in my desire zone. And that was a fa- it was a fascinating exercise. And what uh, it, it immediately got me thinking about was, right, I'm offloading that and I'm not doing that.
0: Well, you're giving the rest, you're giving the, the next bit of the chapter in now, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. <clears throat> so just explain what he talks about. The drudgery zone is made up of tasks for things, made up of tasks for which you have no passion and no proficiency. Correct. But actually a lot of people spend a lot of time, expense reports, handling email, booking travel, falling into his personal drudgery zone. Well, I um, had to
0: book a hotel today. That's drudgery. It's taking me horrible. ages because I've just sat there thinking I'm bad at this.
1: I'm shit at this. I'm going to book a shit hotel. And then you've got the disinterest zone, which yes. is things that you're proficient about, proficient at, but you aren't that interested in.
0: Research is always the one, isn't it, in there?
1: Yeah. It's, Yeah. The, the hard yards it's, it's easy to do.: researching a, a client project. And then the distraction zone, this is a really interesting one. It's made up of things you are passionate about, but actually aren't that good at. Like the guitar. That's a bad <laughs> example. <laughs> um, and he, he makes a great example here of uh, fair to middling musicians in Nashville. He talks about the finance exec who can't stop interfering with marketing or the salesperson who meddles in graphic design or the manager who finds it easier to do the team's work than lead the team. We've all done that, haven't we?
0: We've all done that. And we all know loads yeah. of people too. And do then that. he
1: talks about the desire zone is the point where your passion and proficiency intersect, where you can unleash your unique gifts and abilities to make your most significant contribution to the business, family, and community.
0: I think that you know would be a, as I read it, I thought that would be a great way of putting together an org chart in a business.
1: Yes, good skill. Yeah, you, you could use. You, yeah, you could use it looking at different people. And look
0: what's everybody got to do. And
1: also using it when you're hiring, I think, is a useful one. Yeah, because it's an interesting hiring tool.
0: Because your drudgery might be somebody else's desire.
1: Yeah, and actually looking at the tasks or looking at the core competencies in a job and working out, well, where does it sit in the in which zones? Because actually, there's no point in hiring somebody for whom it's in the drudgery zone.
0: Exactly. Because, but my wife, you know, if she went and
1: got a job, she'd love booking a hotel. She'd find that really fascinating. Absolutely. Absolutely, and then so what he's effectively saying is, and his point is, the rest of the book is focused on getting you into the desire zone and getting you to stay there as much as you can during the working week. It is, and then, week.
0: but he does talk about limiting beliefs. And, and then liberating. there's a
1: final zone, which he calls zone X, which isn't in the quadrant, which is a fi- a zone with no fixed place, he calls it the development zone. It's how you gauge work outside your desire zone but potentially moving towards it.
0: What did you make of uh, this limiting beliefs piece? Uh, Loved it. Personally. Did you? Yeah, I did. This is the reason people don't do it. I just don't have enough time.
1: Yeah. Well, Tony Robbins would call them the bullshit stories you tell yourself.
0: Tony Robbins' first quote in the book. Was it? Yeah. First quote was from Tony Robbins, who I think is great.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and then I'm just
0: not the... that disciplined.
1: Yeah, they're just bullshit I'm stories. I'm not really in control of my told. time. And that's an interesting one, Mike, because we deal with a lot of people who are jobbing, bag carrying sales guys. Yes. All right. A lot of our listeners, people that are listening to the show now, are blokes sat in their cars right now on their way to do an appointment with a customer that possibly was even booked for them by an SDR. Uh, you know, and, and actually, often you, well, one of the reasons we often re- uh, register new candidates is because they'll say, I don't like this job. I can't control my own time. But our man, that's
0: right. He would say that's your belief, though, Jonathan. Who says you can't control your time? Why can't you move the appointment? And he would also say, he'd say, say, did you try and move the appointment, Jonathan? And And he'd go, no.
1: He'd also say in later chapters, uh, you need to work on your skill of saying no. Correct. Uh, Actually, is what he'd say. He says highly productive
0: people are just born that way. You know, I tried it before and it didn't work. My circumstances are what I like right now, but they're only temporary. Yeah, I'm not bullshit. good with technology, it's all correct. I mean, ironically, I'm not the best with technology, actually. Mm. But well, probably better than that. But you know, to yeah, me, yeah. he's talking about the, the excuses people make to themselves, and yes. they are all excuses.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That whole oh, it's a software app, oh, I don't even get it. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, get being ridiculously busy for no reason then for a bit. Good luck with that. Mm-hmm. That's his absolutely. point
0: isn't it? Oh, that was chapter two. I thought it was a belter.
1: Yeah, really good. Really good, and then what he gives you is the task filter and freedom compass worksheet.
0: And I, I, again, I, I've downloaded it, but I've not done it actually. I,
1: I think I did that. I'm just checking if it's the one. At the uh, freedom compass. It was the task filter. Was the one I did this morning. So the task filter worksheet, which again is a bloody good worksheet. It, it got it, it, for those watching at home. It's there. Um, it, you get the task, and then he tells whether it's a uh, passion or proficiency, what zone you're in and then whether to eliminate automate or delegate it
0: cool idea
1: so i've been through literally this morning all my tasks and i've gone passion proficiency what zones it in eliminate automate or delegate what was amazing it was actually a very liberating experience doing that this morning
0: good i bet it was yeah
1: yeah i actually sort of right enjoyed it now i'm all tied up in my electronic system looking for tags but uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a, a good little bit of kit that and i think for those of you who are who are regular listeners, I'm sure you can tell I'm pretty juiced about this. And then uh, chapter three, Mike. Rejuvenate. I thought this was really good with some really good advice. I agree completely.
0: All of it really good. It's broken into sections. You know, I, I just underlined loads of this, actually, to be perfectly honest. Me
1: too. What was really interesting is uh, some of the studies he's found in his research. There
0: was a study, I can't remember exactly, but it it, it said... Up to fifty hours, you've been quite productive. It says so. Next ten hours, you're going downhill. Next ten hours, you're wasting your time, basically.
1: Yeah. So his he, research is very detailed. Push past fifty hours of work in a week, and there's no productivity gain for the extra time. In fact, it goes backwards. In one of the studies that was examined, found that fifty hours on the job only produced about thirty-seven hours of useful work. At fifty-five, it dropped to almost thirty. The more you work beyond a fifty-hour threshold, according to the study, the less productive you become. Um. Now I've got a point on this. So often, one of the people we're we're engaged with are road warriors. Is being in your car work?
0: No, it's not, but it is tiring.
1: So that's the problem. It's tiring. Sometimes we we'll, we talk to somebody, we talk to a salesperson, and they say, "Oh, I've worked to seventy. I've worked in eighty. I've worked in ninety. I've worked 100 hour a hundred hour week." And I have this argument with my wife, who does a lot of road miles, and I say, no, you are not You've actually only done a two-hour meeting today and made a few calls in your car. Yeah. I've worked a much longer day than you. I have been mean, sat in the office actually doing stuff. You will have left your house later, got home earlier. Yeah. So uh, uh, there's a uh, I can't quite work out where the biting point is for our audience here. If you were an office... Worker, if you're somebody who's largely office-based, which you and I are, you know, we do go out on the road, but not as much as perhaps a lot of the people we engage with. Um, Yeah, a 50-hour week is brutal. Yes, because
0: you do a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, you do a lot of stuff, you engage in a lot of stuff, you're on a lot of calls, a lot of conversations, bloody, bloody, blah. blah. But if you're a road warrior and you, you know, I speak to some guy the other day, oh, I'm driving from Leeds to John O'Groats, John John O'Groats to Carlisle, Carlisle to London, London to St. Austell and St. Austell to London again next week. And you think, well, how much work is he actually doing? He's doing a lot sitting in his car. He's not said no enough. No, that's the point. of Anyway, his point, so part one, sleep.
0: Yep. And he used the term bragging rights. Sometimes people will say things about how many monster days they've worked and all the rest of it, and I just think this is just absolute, you know, like some mad badge of honor that they can tell me they've worked yeah. 19 hours in a day. It's think, usually yeah, lawyers. It's usually lawyers. I just think, yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah, and he, he, you know, that he, there's a lot of ref, academic references to the point he makes here about sleep and about how you know we treat the pillow like the enemy of productivity, but skipping sleep hurts our work. The Lancet, for instance, studied surgeons who stayed awake for 24 hours. Doctors made more mistakes, and routine tasks took them 14% longer. The impairment was on par with being drunk.
0: Mad that, isn't it? I once watched this uh, car program where you had Tiffany Dell. Yeah. You remember the Tiffany Dell? Yeah. He'd had four pints. Yeah. And it was somebody like Jeremy Clarkson when they were both on Top Gear. Yeah. And just stayed up for two days. And the one that stayed up. For t- the one that stayed up for two days was just absolutely all over the place. Useless. Yeah. Reaction absolutely time is slower. useless. Yeah. And um, uh, and so. Uh, on page 71, it goes on a little bit. It says you might even consider going to bed at the same time as your kids for a few nights to get some extra zeds. Do you know, I used to do that and I felt like the habit of it. I used to go to bed at eight o'clock on a Thursday. What, because that's just. Because I was fine, well, I was very well, tired. When you and I
1: first worked together, Mike. You... <laughs> you used to have good night all. You used to have Monday night was good night all night because you'd parted so hard at the weekend.
0: Yeah, but I was always good on a Tuesday, though, wasn't I? And you used to go to bed at 6 pm. I was always good on a Tuesday, though, Johnny. <laughs>
1: I've also, I've also. But he's right, and and do you know what? I've been a lot more intentional about sleep recently, and it has done me a bit of good. The
0: next one, eat. I yep. think it's just super important to get this right. Really, yep. really, really do. I've worked a lot of the time with a, you know, just when I was a rep and stuff. I've worked with fat people, and I always think to myself, your energy level cannot be right versus be somebody sharp. who's eating correctly. It just can't be. No. Nope. I think a lot of people are over caffeinated. The amount of salespeople that you meet, do you want a cup of coffee? Yep, definitely. Definitely.
1: For the, the 7th of 12 that day. 100%, 100%. Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, it's getting a bit, and let's be clear, I'm no sort of paleo diet lefty, but I just think sat out on the road, a lot of our guys are sat in the car eating sugary, Well, a lot of them are eating sugary crap. What, they're eat, snacking on I aircraft. know, yeah, but you know a point, they're eating ginsters, yeah. just general garbage, it's just not. It's very
1: hard on the road, though.
0: No, it isn't hard on the road, Jonathan. Get yourself a freezer box. I've got one oh, that plugs in. Get yourself in. a
1: freezer box or buy some Huel bars. Well, I'm not paid by Huel for this recommendation. No,
0: no, I've got a freezer box. I know it's geeky, but I've got a yeah. freezer box that sits in my boot that plugs into the sig light with the Now it's hard to light your cigarette when from, Pricey, the, from got, the boot. I've
1: got a dozen Huel ready to drink shakes for the days when I'm on the road Completely so I don't agree. Have to eat the week.
0: The next is the next practice is move. We've I've got a standing desk which I think is excellent.
1: Couldn't recommend standing desks more. Really I have to good. say, Pricey, I, I, I often consider getting as a treadmill desk. Uh, yeah. Just for keeping moving. But the point Maybe. he's making, high achievers are notorious for their inability to figure out how to properly balance their home life. But he makes a great point, which is, um, exercise creates a greater sense of self-efficacy, the confidence we have in our ability to get. Things done. Simply put, exercise lower stress, makes us feel strong, and you know you don't have to sell that to me. And you you go to the gym at eleven, I go to the gym at two. Well, I'm running to work tomorrow. Yeah, you're running to work tomorrow. I go to yoga three times a week. It, it's, it, I think it's really important. And uh, 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 it's interesting. You know, last Friday I felt absolutely shattered. Well, he's got, I, I, uh, and I dragged myself to the gym at two o'clock, and I got in the gym and I worked out for an hour. Came back to my desk, and I worked solidly. For another four hours and went home at seven. M- he
0: says here he says he's got he's got a little diagram with a, a lady who's doing some form
1: of lift. She looks it looks like she's doing a, a bad overhead squat.
0: I couldn't work out what it was really. And he says people often say that they don't have time to exercise, but research shows that people who exercise are actually better at balancing the demands of both work and home. And of course those they who, are. And I tell you what, I can't remember who it was. Because now, you
1: have to manage your time to make the time. A, to I exercise. had a
0: client who was a mega triathlete, triathlete. and I like I don't know. Exactly what level, but I mean he was a good triathlete And I said to him, Where on earth do you get time to do that? He said, Mike, um, outside all of my hotels there is a street that my
1: running shoes fit on. Yeah. And I thought,
0: right, yeah, okay, fair comment. Yeah. He, he made a fair comment. He's right,
1: isn't he? Yeah. Put your running he's shoes. He's away a can. lot, so he's got his running shoes with him.
0: But that's but but that yeah. was his that wasn't his excuse, was it? He just he, he took his running shoes with him.
1: And then practice four, connect, which I think is a really interesting one.
0: Interesting, difficult though. For a lot of the guys that we uh, work with. And Connect is about connecting to people who have positive energy, I'm sure. You are a
1: human being, not a human doing. What he's talking about is see your friends go out. do I read stuff.
0: something ages ago about the benefits of going to the pub once a week and hanging out with your mates. My wife didn't buy it as much as I did. But it made this point that it's people who go to the pub and hang you. about, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's yeah. good for you. And then play.
0: Brilliant! Every top person I've ever met is always into something.
1: Oh, I couldn't agree more.
0: You know, it might be triathlon, or, or it might be. I've got uh, one client who's really into Elvis Presley. But I mean, he's properly into Elvis Presley. Well, you and I always say, don't off.
1: we, that, that the top guys and the girls, the top guys and top girls
0: are always Can I, just multi-dimensional say, I use, I use guys as a non-gender
1: specific. Yes, phrase. yes. But the top people you and I meet, there's always something about them there's always something interesting that they're really into it yeah. doesn't matter if they're into Doesn't matter what it is but knitting, I've got, yeah, motor, yeah. they've got something where they'll you get them talking about it and you realize this guy is really into that
0: yeah yeah definitely
1: and makes time to do it
0: practice six reflect interestingly i have i have started reading a book called mindfulness or something yeah
1: have you read it it's not the John Cabot zinn book, is it? It's the other one, somebody Williams, Mark Williams. Can't
0: remember its by, but I, was, but I had to meditate this morning for eight minutes. How would you get on? Pretty difficult. It's it's. It, he says you get better at it. My mind you just do.
1: wandered. It, oh, my mind yesterday in yoga. I really tried to apply myself to mindfulness during my yoga practice. Yesterday, I could not get my mind to sit still. All I could do was observe the wildness of my own mind. But <laughs> it. it, it it, reflection is But the is meditation important. book
0: would say it would say observe that wildness.
1: Yeah, just say observe it and let it go. And, um, then, and, I, and I, I too, am a meditator. I, I'd like to say I meditate every day. I try. I don't always. I haven't this morning because uh, I had to sort out the dog. But <laughs> uh, by and large, I do med- I get. I have a morning routine, which we will come to about routines. Well, I have a anyway, morning practice routine. practice seven.
0: Is, unplug. Unplug. So it says, don't think about work difficult but important though
1: yeah and it's again like we say you and i are quite fortunate you know i'm going on holiday next week i will unplug
0: yeah yeah absolutely
1: and i, I have to say i am currently considering getting a dumb phone
0: johnny you know i've got two phones
1: no i'm actually considering getting a dumb phone though a second phone a dumb phone like a nokia 63 whatever <laughs> no apps on it who can just phone you literally it takes phone calls if you want me, phone me. If there's an emergency, somebody's dying, phone me. That's it. No, Facebook, nothing. And I do think that's really key because I think we don't unplug. So
0: anyway, so that's, that's uh, the first section, which is stop. And it's basically stop and think about what you're doing. Yes. Very good section, that. Yes. Next week, we're going to be talking about cut. Cut. Where we're going Delegate,
1: to- eliminate and automate yes so that's been an interesting episode of book club we've talked for a while here mike great book though yeah see you next week folks